In the book of Job, it's so precious as we're kind of confronted with this scripture that we're on this series about hearing the voice of God. Uh, in the book of Job, it, uh, chapter 33, in fact, it says these words. It says, for God speaks again and again. You know, that's comforting. Uh, certainly that's convicting, but it's certainly comforting too. It's comforting to let me know that whatever I'm going through, God is talking about it. Whatever it is that I'm facing, whatever it is I'm having to deal with, God is talking to me about it. Now, I may not have heard God. I may have not have tuned my ears to hear God. I may have not even learned how to hear the Lord. But in the process, there's such comfort in knowing that God is talking. It says, it says, God speaks again and again, and then it gives the problem, the next part of the verse. It says, though people do not recognize it. And then it says, it gives them ways that God talks to us. It said, he speaks in dreams and in visions of the night when deep sleep falls on people as they lie in their beds. And then he tells another way that God speaks in verse 16. He said, he whispers in their ears. And I say again, it can be, as the lady brought out in our video this morning, it can be certainly God can speak loud and he can do anything he wants to. He can speak loud enough where you can hear him out here. But I believe God's talking about an inward set of ears here. He said, I whisper in your ears. So whatever you're going through, whatever you're dealing with, whatever decisions you have to do in life, God cares about it. And God wants to help us get through it and help us to make those right decisions. And so if we would just begin to learn, hey, God wants to talk to me about this, and God is talking to me about this, all I have to do is learn to listen. Now, there's so many powerful scriptures that tell me that. Jesus taught about it consistently in his, in his scriptures. He said, my sheep hear my voice. So, so Jesus, I mean, and I take it on the words of the Lord. On the words of Jesus, he said, I hear his voice. Now, I may not be recognizing it, but... He said that his sheep, which I determined I'm the Lord's sheep. How many here are you determining you're the Lord's sheep? And so that we, the Bible says, his sheep hear his voice. But it's another part that Jesus said too. He said, not only do, do my sheep hear my voice, my sheep know my voice. So I have the ability that God put inside each one of us that I can recognize his voice. And I tell you, I tell you what, Mariah, just look at you there, darling. And I, I tell you. Raising children with the voice of the Lord is the greatest thing in the world. I tell you, to be able to have the Lord to give a direction and speak to you, uh, enlightenment, it means so very much. So, so God is telling me that, he, in fact, he said he speaks again and again. Now, there are several ways that God talks to us that we've already talked about. The lady covered several of them right here on the video this morning. First way God always speaks to us is through the word. There's never, ever anything that God will say to me that would be contrary to the Word of God. The Scripture is the litmus paper. It's what proves that it's God that's speaking into my life. So whether it's God speaking to me through a scripture that I'm reading and I can sense, well, this is what the Lord said, or whether God is speaking me in a spiritual way through words, I still have to line up with the word of God. Anything that does not line up with the word of God, I have to ditch it. Or really, we call it, we say put it on the shelf <laughs> because it's not, it hasn't passed the first part of the test. So the first way he speaks to me is he speaks to me through Scripture. The second way he speaks to me is through trusted people. 
Now, that doesn't mean the person that's bummed up their life is going to have the voice for you. I mean, but there are people in our lives that God brings into our lives, preachers, teachers. That's why I'm doing here. That's why Stephen was singing here this morning. That's why the, the various ones, that say, Donald was praying here this morning. Lane was great. Was, we're all participating, trying to participate with the Lord. So if God is wanting to say something to you that somewhere, that something can be said where you can hear the Lord through it. So God speaks us through people. I mean, it pays to have good friends. How many say it pays to have good friends? How many has got some of the opposite? Yeah. All right. But it pays to have good friends, trusted people that have heard from the voice of the Lord before, that study their Bible because they can give you a word of wisdom, boy, in a time when you need help. I cannot tell you how many times down through my life God has used trusted friends, trusted ministers, trusted speakers to speak into my life when I was headed for a catastrophe. But God loved me enough. I say God loves me enough to send me a message. He just, he, he just loves you enough. In fact, the Bible said God even loves us enough. And, and one king, he found, he just, God literally wrote on a wall. God is determined that some way to get his voice into us. Amen. But the third way, our, uh, third way he speaks to us is in worship. Now, one of the easiest ways to hear God is in worship. Man, when, when you begin to worship the Lord and set your mind on the God, man, it just began. In fact, here this morning, I'm so thankful that Stephen invited us down to this altar. Man, I needed to hear a word from the Lord. And it was so wonderful that in the midst of worship, it just becomes. So, so you become a worshiper, wherever you are. Somebody says, I don't like music. Well, learn to like music. <laughs> because the Bible says God gives us music. And so we learn to begin to hear God in worship. But the fourth way, and that's the way I'm talking about today, the fourth way we hear God is in prayer. And, and that's a vital, important place that I begin to have confidence in God speaking to me in prayer. If you want a boring prayer life, you develop a monologue. I mean, if you're doing all the talking, that bore anybody. You understand? So God wants to, to develop our prayer life to where it's God talking and then we're talking and God talking because that's the only way you build a relationship. You don't build a relationship with anybody if you do all the talking. You may think you do, but they don't feel that way. And uh, so it's just real important if, that, that we develop a two-way conversation with God. And, and it may be odd for you because we're used to doing all the talking. I mean, you know, you think the smartest person you know is you. So, I mean, so you do all the talking. You can tell God how to do it. God, I need you, you know. I mean, but if that's your prayer life, it's going to be boring. You're going to get sleepy in it. You're going to go to sleep. And it's not going to bear much fruit. So what we want to develop, we want to develop in our prayer life, there's an expectancy for God to talk back to us. And either he's going to talk to me in Scripture, he's going to talk to me by his Spirit, or God's going to send somebody into my life to help me, so I can really expect that. Amen? Now, in, in realizing that, God's going to speak to me in, in prayer. Then there's certain things I need to do. One thing I need to do, I need to prepare. I, I need to prepare my heart for entering into prayer. I, I'm doing that right now. I, I'm doing it right now. And I'm already, well, I noticed it about two or three hours ago. I started thinking about my prayer time in the morning. I said, my prayer time in the morning is the greatest thing in my life. I tell you what, I love, I love the opportunity to be quiet before God, because I do talk a lot. 
I, so I love the opportunity of thinking about my time with God where I'm going to be able to be quiet and God's going to be able to talk to me. And to where I'm going to be able to unload. Everybody say unload. I'm going to be able to unload this heavy burden that I've been toting, whatever it is I'm concerned about. So already I'm, I'm looking forward. So I begin to prepare my heart. And I tell you, preparation is, is, is one, of the, one of the greatest things. In fact, if I was to describe my preparation, I think we would have to put number one is honor. I want to honor the Lord. I, I, want to, I want to walk into the presence of the Lord. Some people flippantly go into prayer. I can't do that. Because, man, he's God. I mean, he, he, he can do everything. He, can, he knows everything about everything. He can do everything to help everything. I mean, he's God. So I flippantly can't do that. I mean, I don't go in there twirling a thing and, and you know, and doing. No, I, I, I want to enter the presence of the Lord reverently. And reverently means certain things to the Lord. What that means is I've got to realize I just can't live any old way and expect God to enjoy my company. As just for example, I mean, there are certain people I love, but I won't hang out with them. They do things that just embarrass me and bother me, you know. And to where I have to realize that. So I choose people in my life normally that are, that, that care about some of the things I care about. I mean, we've all had, when I worked on those construction jobs, you could not choose who you worked with. Just like you on your job. And man, even though they're friends, they would curse like a sailor, worse than a sailor, and they would, uh, curse a blue streak, and they would embarrass me. I mean, man, I remember what it was to, to be working at Oakland construction jobs and go into a, uh, a restaurant. And there I'd be sitting there, and I want to honor the people that are there. And all of a sudden, you got those guys that they don't know how to use anything that didn't have four letters in it. And so they, they begin to curse a blue streak, and there you are. There you sit. Man, I don't build relationships with people like that. I, I love them. I care about them. I'll minister to them, and I'll help them. But I can't build that close friendship relationship with it. And that's the same way it is, the Lord. You may think you can live like you want to and it doesn't matter to God, but that's not right. That's the same way as you don't build relationships with other people that just treat you any old way. You want to build relationships with people that honor you, that love you, and that want to hear what you have to say every once in a while. And that's the way it is with God. In, in fact, the, the Old Testament called it cleansing. And what would happen is this, as the Old Testament gave this example of the tabernacle, as you would go approach the presence of God, you would go by this thing called a laver. A laver was a big bowl uh, made out of mirrors. And that big bowl was made out of mirrors. And what would happen is that you would approach the presence of God, you would literally you begin to dip in that bowl of water and literally just begin to wash yourself. Now, now I know that's symbolic. The Lord knows that water is not going to wash away my sin. You know, or it's not going to wash away my rebellion. Or it's not going to walk away, wash away my anger. But God was speaking a message to me. As I approached the presence of the Lord honorably, then I approached the presence of God reverently, recognizing, man, you know, there's things that the Holy Spirit has been dealing with me about. Now, there's two ways that I can uh, approach the Lord. I either approach the Lord changed or forgiven. And there's been something, as I begin to grow in the Lord, as I begin to grow closer to the Lord, I can approach the Lord some ways that I've been changed. How many thankful that God had changed in power for you? And God is still changing us. And God is still working in us, man. 
I, I can remember where my prayer was like this before I prayed. God, I didn't mean to say that. Or Lane didn't mean to say that, God. You know, I, we would we would pray about that. And, but my life, I hope, has advanced. Now it's more concerns. Uh, but it's maybe not some of those physical areas about what I've said and the way I talked. But maybe it's come down to, Lord, I, I, I'm, I don't mean to fear. Lord, I hate fear. I, and I, I hate this. I hate this feeling that I have toward people at times, Lord. I ask you to wash it away. So I can approach God in either two ways. I can approach God where I come to the Lord. And I tell you what, God is so good. He is so merciful. And He is so forgiving. Come on, give the Lord a hand. He is so merciful. And He is so forgiving. I mean, God is so merciful. And, and He is so forgiving. So one way I can approach the Lord is, Lord, I'm sorry. Now, uh, imagination is something the devil takes advantage of, but God never intended the devil to take advantage of it. How many know God never intended anybody to go to hell? They weren't made for people. And so God's intention was, the things that he gave us, was to be claimed for godly purposes. All right, in imagination, man, if you're here today, you know how the devil tries to work on your imagination. I mean, he'll try to give you vulgar insights. He'll try to go you angry sights. I mean, you have to determine. If you're going to follow the Lord and get closer to him, you're going to have to take some control of some things in your life. You're going to have to take responsibility of some areas of your life that need to be changed. And then you're going to have to aggressively use the power of God. The name of Jesus not only heals a body, it can clean up a mind too. And so we begin to, to use those things for God's glory. And so as you, as you approach to God, and now, like I said, it's somewhat changed because growth takes progression. I mean, some of the things you're asking God for, it's going to take a 20-year-old to handle it. I mean, you don't, you don't give certain things to kids that are five years old because they would hurt themselves with it, right? Or they would not know how to handle it. Well, some of what we're asking God is a taken older, more responsible believer than what I am at the present time. And so what, what I, I got to realize, I may be a five-year-old, but one day I'm going to be 21. You know, one day I'm going to be, well, I'm going to grow in the Lord. And there are certain things possibly that God cannot bring into my life because I'm just not mature enough in the Lord to handle those things. And so I've got to allow the growth of the Lord. And the greatest way of growth is to use, one of those sweetest ways I love, is to use your imagination for God. I don't know about you, but this is the way I see forgiveness in the Lord. I see a huge spigot. And on, in that spigot, it has, it has within side of it the blood of Jesus. And what I see almost every day that I pray and ask God for forgiveness, I see myself standing under that spigot. And I can sing the song, it's me again, Lord. You know, I mean, it's me again. Here I am. I failed you in the same old way that I failed you 5,000 times, God, and I need your forgiveness. But all of a sudden, the hand of Jesus begins to turn that spigot. And out of that spigot becomes a blood. And it begins to flow down over my head. And then it comes down over my shoulders. It begins to drip down my thighs and begins to run out. And there's always more than enough. So I'm always standing in a big old puddle of blood. Because God's always. But that's the way I see forgiveness. It's not that I've done it all right. It's because Jesus' blood is able to forgive me. Not only to forgive me, but His blood is able to cleanse me, the Bible said. I just love 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, where it says, If I confess my sin, 
then God is faithful. That means every time, faithful and just to forgive me. But not only does God's blood forgive, the next part of that verse says, He cleanses me. And I want to tell you what, you just stay under that spigot till you get cleansed, honey. And that's what the Word of the Lord is about. It's about us approaching God reverently, honorably. And first, I know, God, I've overcome some things in my life, but I hadn't overcome everything. Lord, there's still some things, and the things that I haven't overcome yet, God, I'm going to use your blood. And it's going to give me an entrance. Somebody say, God's going to give me an entrance. God's going to give me an entrance into your very presence. So the first way that I approach God, that I approach God reverently. The first, second way I must have learned to approach God is approach God in faith. I mean, literally in faith. If, you know, I may think that my prayer life is accomplishing something, but if I'm not praying in faith, literally it's not doing anything. Because God's expectancy, the currency that God operates with, is the currency of faith. What, what causes me to be able to receive from the Lord is not His willingness to give because He's already willing. That's not the problem. It's me bringing myself to a place of faith, of belief. That's why over and over in Scripture, you remember? Don't you just love Jesus, uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John? Because Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John tells me how to do it, how to live it, how to believe it, how to say it. How to speak it. You know, it, it tells me so much in, because it shows me the life of Jesus. WWJD, what would Jesus do? <laughs> what would Jesus say? Uh, what would Jesus think? You know, and so uh, what it, this does, it brings me into this pattern of faith. And where Jesus, when he, Jesus accomplished a lot, a lot of miracles when he was here. But every time that Jesus worked a miracle, he would say, where is your faith? He would ask the person to have faith. So if I'm going to begin to hear God in my prayer life, I'm going to have to become to God in faith. That doesn't mean that you won't have doubt. That, that doesn't mean that there won't be some negative things going on in your mind. But what that means is I will learn, I will learn how to resist the negative and to believe the positive. I will, everybody say, I will learn. I will learn how to resist what the devil says. Because you can be for sure the very thing that God says I want to do for you. The devil's going to tell me God doesn't want to do that for you. And God even can't do that for you because you're so bad. But I'm here to tell the Mr. Devil I've got the blood. Amen. And I can come in and I can ask in faith. So the major way that I come to the Lord is not only reverently, I come to the Lord in faith. Now, uh, it's, it's so important. Uh, I'm, I'm going to give you uh, Luke chapter 8, verse 45. is one of the perfect examples of coming to the Lord and in prayer and beginning to hear God. And God's changing your situation. In Luke chapter 8, verse 45, notice what you... And Jesus said, who touched me? That's what Jesus said. Jesus is speaking to his disciples And he said, who touched me? I'm here to say, who in their prayer life is touching the Lord? (laughs) Who is touching? That's That's what Jesus said. Now, this is not because Jesus couldn't tell who touched him. He goes on and is sure he knew who touched him. Just like God knows me if I approach him in faith or not. But the Lord has given us a point here. He's, he's teaching us a principle on entering into his presence. He said, who touched me? When all denied it, Peter and those with him said, Master, the multitudes are thronging you. Jesus, they're pressing you on every side. And you're asking who touched you? But Jesus said, someone deliberately touched me. If you're going to begin to hear God, you're going to have to determine, I'm going to deliberately 
touch God in faith. It's just deliberate. I'm not going to go in there just with my feelings half cocked. I'm just not going to go in there with fear being rampant. I'm not going to go before the presence of God with all of this. No, I'm going to go for the Lord. I'm going to resist. Everybody say I'm going to resist. You know, one of the strongest things that, that is in any, in any of our lives and one of the greatest things that help us all grow is when we learn to resist the devil. I mean, resistance builds strength. Whatever it is, whether it's exercising or whatever it is, resistance builds strength. And when you begin to resist what the devil's telling you and what the devil's trying to do to you and what the devil's trying to take for you, when you begin to resist it, it's like a puff of strength that goes off in our life. So if you want to grow stronger in the Lord, especially if you want to come to a place where you hear God, you're going to have to know, I'm going to begin to resist what the devil is telling me. Now, I know I feel fear, but that doesn't mean I'm going to believe fear. I can I can feel what the devil is trying to say to me. He's trying to upset me. He's trying to depress me. He's trying to discourage me. But that doesn't mean I'm going to be part of his band. I'm going to join another band that sings of the praises of God. And so you just got determined it's going to be a different road. All right, then the Lord said, who touched me? And she said, somebody deliberately touched me, for I have healing power go out of me. And then daughter, he said to her, your faith has made you well. So if I'm going to approach God, I'm going to begin to hear God, I'm going to have to determine. I must begin to approach Him in faith. I must do that. And what is faith? Faith is believing before you see it. That's what faith is. The Bible says that. Faith is believing when you don't see. Jesus, in fact, said, "Those there are those that believe because they've seen. But He said, Blessed are you, for you believe and have not seen. When you have not been able to see it, when you have not been able to feel it, when you have not been able to touch it. Now, let me, let me, it's, it's, I got about five minutes here. Let me, let me close with these, with these thoughts. There is a secret to it, though. And, and the secret is, is what I allow in my head and what I speak out my mouth. Because the third way that I'm going to have to approach God, if I'm going to begin to hear God, Because God's going to talk with me over the faith that you have and over the belief that you have. What that means is this. If all you have is a spirit of fear, you're not going to be able to hear God because God's not going to talk with you in fear. God's going to talk in faith. So what that means is you're going to have to learn to resist that fear and you're going to have to begin to say, God, I trust you. And that's what we call declaration. When you begin to declare it. That means the way you approach your prayer life, you don't get up in the morning and say, Oh God, man, I've got it bad and I'm barely making it. And my Lord, if I don't give me some snuff early, I'm not going to be able to make it. You know? <laughs> That's not the way. You get up in the morning no matter what you're facing. And you begin to declare the greatness of God. And you begin to say, Lord, you are almighty. <laughs> you're the great God. There's nothing you can't do. Y'all help me, guys, if you would. There's nothing that you can't do. And there's nothing that you can't change. (laughs) There's nothing in my life, God, that will be on. Lord, you can change people. You can change situations. You can change opportunities. (laughs) You can change open doors. 
there's nothing, God, that you can't change. <laughs> so you approach God, declaring His greatness. Now, I've already told you, you know, there's two places in, oh, there's all kinds of places in the Word that declare this, but two of the major places that you use all the time. The first one is in Psalms 91. A lot of times people just say, well, I claim Psalms 91. How do you claim that? <laughs> because Psalms 91 says, He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High, He says, I shall say of the Lord, He is my refuge. You can only have the benefits if you're saying of the Lord. He is my refuge and He is my fortress. I'm my God. It's, it's Him that I trust. You don't have to have all your I's dotted and all your T's crossed. <laughs> but what you have to do, you have to have trust in God. So you approach the Lord by declaring His greatness. And I tell you what, honey, that just shakes, that just shakes all that stuff off of you on the way to prayer. It, it's, about, it's about 50 steps from where I get up in the morning to the place that I pray. In that 50 steps, I know I have the opportunity to shake all of that negative stuff off of my life by declaring the greatness of God. The little woman with the issue of blood, she told us the secret to that, though. It said, she had said in her heart, the Bible says, I want to ask you, what are you saying in your heart? Uh, See, what you're saying in your heart will control what's coming out your mouth. What are you saying in your heart? Are you saying, my God, those people are so bad. (laughs) Man, they keep bothering me. You know, I I mean, is that the kind of stuff that you're allowing to be in your mind? The the, the book of Psalms, chapter 1, it says the power of meditation. Now, we think about meditation being something from the Far East, but really it's not. It's something from Jesus. And what it means is this, that you take the confidence you have in the Lord. And you learn to mutter it all the time. Did I say mutter it or sputter it? it sometimes I sputter it. But, but it really says mutter it. Though, what that means is that you don't allow your mind to free will. If you're allowing your mind to free will, what's going to happen is every dirty thing the devil's ever told you, every evil thing he's ever told you, every negative thing he's ever told you is locked up in there. And your mind's just going to free will. But the Bible tells me that I can be totally changed. The Bible said be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you can prove what is this good will of God. If you want to hear the good will of God, you, you start off by, by the source in your mind and, and, and you begin to mutter your confidence in God. When you begin to mutter your confidence in the devil, then that tears your faith down and you're trying to approach God and trying to get help and trying to hear God and you're not hearing anything, are you? Right? But but when you begin to use your mind to, to glorify God, I mean, I mean, you know, you can be sitting there saying, I wonder why she didn't speak to me instead of just saying, Lord, I'm so thankful that you embraced me. I'm just so thankful, Lord, that you love me. I'm so thankful, God, that you care about me. 
See, your mind's going to free will with something all the time. And what you're going to free will is going to eventually be your declaration out your mouth. And when you begin to declare it, then you're open up. You create an atmosphere for God to come to you and talk to you and to, and to breathe in you answers and to help you find the right path and help you find the right way. That's what happens. So we determine to not free will. <laughs> a disciple is not a free willer. Because the devil will spend your mind. Sometimes, especially men come to me and they say, Jerry, how can I get rid of these negative sexual pictures out of my mind? They'll say, how can I get rid of this? How can I think well when I meet a woman? Or how can I, then others that have been angry, they say, "How how can I feel good about somebody that did me wrong sometimes? It's all a product of what you're spinning in your head. Jesus is Lord. And you have to learn to take authority there before you're ever going to have authority out here. But if you will learn to take authority here, it won't be long, honey. You'll be taking authority out here too, man. Amen. It starts with changing here. See, the Lord comes to you and He talks to you on the basis of your faith. If you have no faith, there is no basis of conversation. What it means is this. I would love to be able to talk to a German, but I can't understand a thing he says. We don't have the same basis. If I'm going to have God talk to me with God language, God always, always speaks in faith language. Always speaks in faith. One thing for sure. God knows He can do anything. And God knows that His power in you can help you do anything. God knows those two things. So when God comes to you, if you want to hear God tell you the good things, you've got to be resistant of the bad things and allowing the good things. And the Bible calls that renewal. It calls it, it, calls it the type of, of um, meditation that brings change in our life. So, Lord, I just want to thank you right here today, God. We can just sense your presence. Lord, we sense the sweetness of your presence. How many of you say, Pastor, I really need a mental overhaul. I need the grace of God. I want you to go ahead and stand to your feet right now if if you say, Pastor, I really need the Lord. I need God to wash some things and I need the wash I need God to cleanse some things and I need God to help me to change some things. In Jesus' name. Lord, the Bible says when we yield to you and seek you with all of our heart, the Bible says we find you. And Lord, we don't want to be products of our environment. Lord, I don't want what I've been through to be what I am. Lord, I I don't want the battles that I fought to be the person that I live. I need you, Jesus. Wash my mind. Oh, wash my heart, Lord. Lord, I, I see myself, Lord, as that old priest of old. Lord, coming right to that laver. 
Lord, looking in the mirrored bowl as they did in the Old Testament, Lord. And I begin to take that water of your word and I begin to wash me. Lord, wash that negative stuff out of me. Lord, I ask you to wash that out of me, that fearful stuff, that that stuff, Lord, that, that tries to overpower my life and tries to keep me discouraged and, and tries to keep me depressed and, and tries to keep me down. God, I ask you, Lord, just, just wash me of that stuff, Lord. Wash me, Lord. And I will be clean. <laughs> oh, yes, Lord. <laughs> oh, yes, Lord. Oh, wash me of that stuff, Lord. Cleanse me, precious Holy Spirit. Cleanse me. And Lord, I'm enlisting in your army. I'm going to fight against that that the devil has been trying to tell me. And I'm going to be a part of your army, God. I'm going to be a part of that that fights fear and releases faith, Lord. Lord, I'm going to be a part of that that believes, that trusts, that has confidence, Lord. On my way to my prayer room, Lord, I'm going to be that one that decrees and declares the greatness of our God and the mightiness of our Lord. To where when I sit in your presence, God, you're going to be able to talk to me in confidence, Lord. In Jesus' name. Now, now let me tell you. know, Lane said earlier, remember when she used to go to a Pentecostal church how she said Lord if you let me get out of here I'll never get back in <laughs> I remember those days and uh, <clears throat> some of you it's become a mental stronghold well, what that means is the devil has taken advantage of you and he's built a stronghold that you need more than a washing you need the power of Jesus to break it and that's what Jesus had to do with Peter because Peter had a stronghold in his mind and, it, and sometimes if you, let, if you let that stuff stay there over a period of time, it, it builds up to where it becomes a stronghold against your life. Our altar prayer leaders are coming right now. They're going to be coming around this front. And if you think there is a... Y'all, y'all, y'all come on. Y'all prayer leaders, y'all come on quickly. If y'all feel like there is an opportunity, is a possibility, a possibility that the enemy has tried to build a negative fortified, fearful stronghold in your life. What you need is, the Bible says, you need someone to pray with you. That's why the Bible says, pray for one for another and we will be healed. If you're here today, please don't. We're going to, we're fixing to dismiss. Stephen's going to close us in a song. And as we do, if you need something broken off of your life, God sends other people that love you enough to help you. And through, most of the time, it's just a simple prayer. And through a simple prayer, because two or more, the Bible says one can put a thousand to flight, but two can put ten thousand to flight. Sometimes you need somebody to help you pray through what you're going through. Amen? So if, if that's you, you come on to the front and and one of these prayer leaders, they'll pray with you and help you break that. Stephen, close us in a song, would you? Yes, sir. Holy is the Lord. It's holy is the Lord Almighty.
I'm going to strengthen you with my strength. Where you feel so weak and vulnerable, know this, that thy God is the strong one on your behalf. And I will fight for you and I will help you. I will help you overcome this. I will help you come through this. And I will help you make it through, saith the Lord. Oh, we worship you. 